Hello and welcome to the Harvest Podcast, brought to you by The Field in Charlotte, North Carolina. Here at The Field, we put love into action. We hope you are blessed by these previous sermons by Reverend Dr. Peter M. Wary. Please be sure to subscribe and leave a comment on whichever podcast platform you use. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and YouTube at Mayfield Memorial Missionary Baptist Church and Instagram at The Field CLT. Revelation chapter 21, beginning with the first verse. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. The first heaven and the first earth disappeared and the sea vanished. And I saw the holy city the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared and ready like a bride dressed to meet her husband. I heard a loud voice speaking from the throne. Now God's home is with people. He will live with them and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them. And he will be their God. He will wipe away all tears from their eyes. There will be no more death, no more grief, or crying, or pain. The old things have disappeared. Pray with me this morning for a few minutes about the disciple's duty. The disciple's duty. Any young people who have not yet mobilized to go to youth church with Reverend Lala, you can follow her. She's right here down front. Just uh, go right on out with her if you haven't already. On this last Sunday, before a new year, people the world over engage in the time-honored tradition of taking stock of the year past and setting goals or dreaming dreams about the year that is to come. Today is a fairly rare event 
Because New Year's Eve only falls on a Sunday every 4.16 years. The last time we gathered for New Year's Eve service on a Sunday and the year 2019 came in on a Monday, non-governmental folk knew nothing about COVID-19. We knew nothing about Notre Dame Cathedral burning. Harry and Meghan hadn't yet become parents. Former President Trump had not yet been impeached, not even once. And legendary African-American author Toni Morrison was still alive. She died in August of 2019. It's only fitting then that an extraordinary occasion like this ought to call for an unusual text to usher in the new year. Revelation chapter 21 verses 1 through 6 is usually used to celebrate All Souls Day. That time when we remember those who have fallen asleep in Christ and who've run on ahead of us to their great reward. But today, this text opens for us an important passage. It opens the last section of the last book of the Bible, giving us the sense that something transitional, something penultimate is underway. A new year. It it might comfort some of you to know that I don't intend to bog us down today in layers of complex and cryptic symbols or apocalyptic warnings that the end is near. No, I intend to follow the example of our friend who taught Revelation for us during the pandemic, Dr. Brian Blunt, who always counsels that Revelation is best interpreted through the lens of culture. In fact, it was written within the context of a culture. Today's approach, then, is to see the powerful language, especially of verses 1 through 4, as a prophetic pointing to the future, a gospel good news glimpse into the unseen scenes of the times that lie ahead of us. The author writes to a brutalized Christian world whose disciples were being soaked in creosote and set on fire. They were dealing daily with beheadings, and beatings, threats, and murders under Emperor Nero, now threats and murders under Emperor Domitian, who wouldn't allow the saints, by the way, to buy or sell in the marketplace unless they wore his brand. The writer called it the mark of the beast on their hands or on their foreheads. 
and who demanded that the followers of Jesus call the emperor Lord. How many of you ever called a president Lord? This is the drama under which the Christian community had to live while these words were being written. It was to this worldwide congregation that John's letter went out. As Brian Blunt recalls, he wrote because the how long cry had begun to rise from the searing cauldron of suffering and abuse the saints in the church were suffering. Can I, can I ask y'all a question? When you look back over the past few years, or even over this past year, did you ever wonder, how long, Lord? Let me just help somebody, because some of y'all may be a little ashamed to say it. I did. Right about February of 2020, I started asking the Lord, how long, Lord? Think back through your life, your, the seasons of your days. When did you ask? And how long, how, how often did you ask God, Lord, how long? Into the seeming hopelessness of their present condition, the now elderly prophet sends a prescient message to you and me here on West Sugar Creek Road. He instructs that in times of trouble and danger, we ought not just sit around moaning and asking God to get rid of the struggle. I know some of y'all are going to leave me now. John says that when trouble comes, there are at least two beings who have a responsibility to make things better tomorrow than they are today. Those two beings are you and me and God. We humans and God, John says, have a responsibility to make things better when the trouble comes. John says the disciple has the duty when the going gets rough to make things better. Discharging our duty is the doorway to a dynamic future. We sitting around making resolutions. When the new year come, in the new year, I ain't gonna eat so much. So we put the scale in the basement. When the new year come, I'ma quit smoking everything. Y'all better stay with me. I'm going somewhere. <laughs> Instead of sitting around making resolutions that you ain't going to keep, why don't we hear John saying that it's the responsibility, the duty of the disciple to make things better in partnership with God. That's really what this text is all about. So what's the disciple's duty when the going gets rough? To make things better, 
three responsibilities are modeled and, and stand out in the text. John says, first of all, if we want to make things better, do our part in partnership with God, we've got to see a new reality. Look, listen to verse 1. John says, then I saw. Wait a minute. John seems to have said that quite a bit. Look at verse 21. He said, then I saw. Look at verse, verse, uh, verse 1. He says, then I saw. Look at verse 2. He says, and I saw. And then in verse 3, he says, I heard. Clearly, God is up to something. But John says, I saw. I saw. And I heard. John has an understanding that God, while God is up to something, family, we ought to also be up to something. Most of us want deus ex machina, like they taught us in the liberal arts, the hand of God to come in and just fix stuff. God, you know, we love that old song, fix it, Jesus, like you said you would. Fix it, Jesus. We'll wear that out. Won't put our name in the song. Fix it, Peter, like you said. You can't shout to that. John says, I saw. Verse 1, I saw. Verse 2, I heard. Verse 3, John understands that God is up to something. And God has come challenging us to be partners in the doing. A new reality John says, that's what we ought to see. We ought to see a new reality. Verse 1, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. The first heaven and the first earth disappeared and the sea vanished. The first duty of a disciple's family is to practice the discipline of seeing stuff that others don't see. The reality that John saw was not just a figment of his imagination. It was a reality forged in faith. I'm looking around and I see one or two of the church members that went with us that year in 2017. We took a ship to the island of Patmos and we got into tender boats off the ship and landed on the island where John was exiled. When we, we walked deep into the cave, now called the cave of the apocalypse, where John went every day to commune with God. Now the Orthodox Church has made one side of it a little chapel, and the other side is the cave expanse where John laid down day after day after day, prayed and dictated the words of Revelation. He leaned his head against the cave wall and he prayed and dictated. The power and substance of his visions, he said, I saw was the discipline of his devotion forged in faith. Nothing new or transcendent, y'all, is liable to happen to anybody whose devotional life is nonchalant or undisciplined. 
I bet you there are some of us in this room right now who cannot remember the last time we had a routine assignment, a routine visit with God, a special designated time and place where we meet God and labor in the things of God and listen carefully for the revelations of God. How many know that God does not get mute? He never gets laryngitis. God is always speaking. The issue is how devoted are we willing to be to hear from God and to listen, not only hearing, but listen. You ever, you ever talk to somebody, you know, they, you know they heard you, but they won't listen it. Because right after you say what you say, they ask you what you said. John was not guilty of this. John was so disciplined, we noticed on the wall, and they know the place where John was laying while he wrote this letter. His, there, there was in the wall a furrow that had been dug by the back of John's head. That's how diligently he went there every day, sometimes all day, sometimes all night. He went there, never missed it, never faltered, never wavered, pressing in to hear from God. The reason that a lot of people can't hear from God is because they're not determined enough to work hard enough. I mean, it looks like God ought to just give it to me. God ought to just say it to me. But the fact is, you're not engaging with flesh and blood. You ain't talking to Junebug and them round the corner where you just roll up on a brother and say, what's happening? And Junebug will give you the rundown. No, this is the deity, the cosmocrat of the universe, the one who was before was was. Don't even have a mouth, but he can communicate to the whole universe. He spoke and the universe was created. This is the one for whom nuclear fission ain't nothing but a fizz in a bottle of soda pop. This is the one who had power enough to hang out the sun in the bosom of the azure blue of night and declare the night from the day. This is that God who is able to stand in somewhere and everywhere still be there. This is the God who is able to meet you here at Mayfield and he's still answering prayers on Mount Kilimanjaro. This is the God who is so high. Listen, Aunt Jane said, you can't get over him. He's so low you can't get under him. So wide you can't get around him. You can't just roll upon God like he's going to, like you riding to a drive-by. You've got to spend time with God. You've got to dig in, press in. You've got to forge in. You've got to talk to God. Don't, don't only have a designated time, but have all the time. Every time you think about it, talk to the Lord. He can handle it. He can. His switchboard don't ever overload. You ain't gonna never get voicemail. Just talk to God. You know, some folk I call, I don't even expect to get a hello. I know it's going straight to voicemail. Sometimes my phone is like that. You don't have to worry about that when you're talking to God. It takes discipline, I tell you. I know y'all don't want to hear this. It takes discipline to talk to God because God is God. Moses said, who is you, God? God said, I will be what I will be. 
God, God was on the mountain. Moses said, let me just see you, God. I mean, I need to tell these people who it is I'm talking to. God said, you can't see me. You can't see all of me. I'm going to pass by. All I'm going to show you is the back of me. And that's what he did. All Moses saw was just the back of his garment. And when Moses came down, even that lit his face up like a light bulb. you got to be willing, family, to see a new reality. Here's why 2024 is going to be the same as 2023 for a whole lot of people. Because they ain't trying to see nothing different than they saw last year. They kind of like some things about last year. They kind of into the things because they get, you know, people do everything for a reason. And the reason you stay in the stuff that you're in is because deep down inside, we think we get something out of that stuff. But I'm here to tell you, there is a new reality waiting on us. There's a new manifestation waiting to manifest in our lives. You just got to be able to see what other folk don't see. Matter of fact, you got to diss some folk who won't see. There's some people who ain't never going to see it, but you keep on hanging around them because that's who you know. And, and on the QT, you're scared that you won't find nobody else that likes you like they do. I'm here to tell you, you better see a new reality in 2024. A new reality is coming. John said, I saw a new heaven, a new earth. Listen, the Greek, the Greek suggests here that he didn't see nothing. I'm going to tell y'all at watch night tonight, and y'all act like it's the first time you heard it. I'm going to tell y'all at watch night tonight, God ain't making new things. God is making things new. Y'all will get that on the way home. You just better get your mind in gear to understand that some new reality is waiting on you. Ain't you glad about it? I'm excited about it. I don't even know what it is, and I can tell you I am peacock proud and hallelujah happy that a new reality is waiting on me. I bet you you won't tell God thank you. Got to see a new reality. You know what else? You, you got to see a new religion. Now, now, how many of y'all got car keys in your pocket? I hope yeah, y'all, some of you need to go on and jangle them now. Yeah, because you're going to be leaving when I yeah, when, when, this, when I say this, y'all might just want to dip, put up the Baptist finger and make your way on out because I'm here. Look, look, look John said, verse 2, and I saw, watch it, the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God, prepared and ready like a bride dressed to meet her husband. When, when, when this occurs here in Revelation and when this occurs uh, back in Ephesians 5 and, and, and when this metaphor begins back in Genesis chapter 2 verse 24, it, it carries throughout the entirety of the Bible. When, when, when Paul wrote it in Ephesians 5 and here now when John writes it in Revelation 21, uh, the adornment is never described. Did y'all ever notice that about this text? It never says what she had on. Now there's some traditional garb that a Hebrew bride would have on, but a Greek bride might have on, uh, but, 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 but it never tells us what the adornment is. Here's one thing that you can take to the bank. You can bet your bottom dollar she didn't come out looking like last Wednesday. Hair all over her head. Breath humming. Lighten up the room. Face broke out 
not washed and clothes wrinkled and not ready. A brother will look at that bride and wonder, well, now wait a minute. If you sloppy about yourself, what else are you sloppy about? Y'all ain't going to stay with me. But, but, but here, John says, like a bride adorned for her husband. I saw the holy city coming down from God prepared. This is a metaphor for religion, for Israel's religion. Jerusalem was the seat of the worship of God. This is an echo, y'all, of Isaiah chapter 65, verse 18. Y'all check it in your spare time. In Isaiah, Jerusalem, the holy city, this symbol of the worship and faithfulness of the one true God by Israel. It's in Isaiah 65 is the echo of judgment and destruction from the most high. Why? Because they were toe up from the flow up. Their hair was all over their head. Their clothes of worship were, not, were rumpled and not ready. In fact, they didn't pray. This is what Isaiah tells us. They didn't even try. Isaiah says they stubbornly did what was wrong. They went their own way. They lost spiritual discipline. They created idol gods. Anything came before the worship of God. Then they, then they pretended to be too holy for anybody to touch. But God says, even those folk, I will save and bless those who serve me. Can I tell somebody that in 2024 it's time for so many of us to see a new religion. I mean, we've been doing church like we've been doing church but I am here to tell you that doing the same thing Albert Einstein said over and over again and expecting a different result that is the definition of insanity if you don't get nothing out of church when you come it is likely that you need some new religion if you don't learn nothing when you come it is likely because you came for the wrong reason if y'all wait on me to entertain you I've done all the entertaining I'm going to do when I was doing them shows when I was a pup back there in the day. No, this ain't the cheapest show in town. If I can't tell you God loves you and then back it up in the book and then say God has told us we've been weighed in the balance and found wanting. If I can't stand flat footed and declare to you that there are some of us who come here with no commitment, not even searching. I love a searcher. I I love somebody that comes with questions and, and they want to know what, what God says and what God will do and what God has. I love that because all you got to do is look at some of us in this room and we can tell you what God will do. We can show you what God has done. It ain't, it ain't a coincidence, Sister Let, that in my life and in your life and in your life, Reverend, and in your life, God, we didn't even, we weren't around each other for many years of our lives, right? But God was blessing us even then because God knew what we needed. He knew who we were. And so when we come to worship him, we bring all of that stuff. Time out for letting folk think that you ain't coming to church because, well, I'll get myself together and then I'll come. No, this is where you get yourself together. That's old time religion where you thought you had to measure up to something before you come to Jesus. No, here the ground 
ground is level at the foot of the cross because everybody in here has sinned and come short of God's glory. Everybody in here got some skeletons they would like to keep in the closet. Some of us got whole dead bodies hanging in the closet. It's time to get some new religion. It's time to get a religion that you can think through and feel through. John Kenny says a thinking person ought to shout and a shouting person ought to think. A thinking person ought to shout because when I think of God's goodness and the beauty of his heavens and what he's done for me, my soul says hallelujah. Hallelujah ain't no calculated word. Hallelujah is a word that's power packed full of meaning. It means God, I give you the highest praise. It's time for some of us to get off the sidelines and get into the worship. That's what Isaiah was rattling the cage about. Israel had forgotten who their God God was. They would show up sometime and then they would show up no time and then they would worship some other stuff. Worship stones and trees and rocks and mess that ain't got no power to help them. And then when they finished doing all of that stupid stuff, they acted so holy. Oh, they answered the phone saying hallelujah, praise the Lord. Can you say hello? Not real. Phony as a three dollar bill. One dollar bill ain't all that great no more. Phony, uncommitted, agenda ridden. Isaiah and now John declared to us that it's time to see a new religion. That's what he was challenging Israel to do. Stop using God as a subterfuge for your politics. Stop pretending that God is a Republican. Can I tell y'all something that's going to get me some mail? I would fire a God that was a Republican. And I would fire a God that was a Democrat. I want a God who is a cosmocrat. Ain't Jane would have said it like this. He sits high and he looks low. I need a God who knows what I'm thinking before I think it. I need a God who knows my future and who's in my future. I need a God who can release me from my past. I need a God who can make ways where there ain't no ways. I need a God who will help me fight my battle. I need a God who will help me lay down at night and get some sleep. I need a God who will supply my every need according to to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. I need a God who will heal me of my diseases. I need a God who will hear the effectual fervent prayers of a righteous person. I need a God who has got mercy in his hand. I need a God who loves me beyond my stupid self. I need a God who will take me in when others have cast me. I need a God who comes after me when I stray from God. I need a God who who gives me wisdom when I feel stupid. I need a God who gives me power when I'm weak. I need a God who gives me joy when I'm unhappy. I need a God who is worthy of my praise. I need a God who loves me when I don't even love myself. I need a God who recreates me if I turn to him. I need a God who is a very present help in trouble. I need a God who is a Lord and who is 
a shepherd. I need a God who is good all the way through. I need a God who never slumbers nor sleeps. I need a God who is above and beyond and yet tabernacles with me. I need a God who inhabits the praises of his people. I need that God because that God I can worship on Sunday morning. That God, I don't have to check his resume because I remember he's got a track record with me. That God I can dance when I think about because my mind and my puny 26 letters and my weak phonetics will not be sufficient to tell this God just what he means to me. I need that God because when I got that God I can run and not get weary. When I've got that God I can walk and not faint. I need that God because that God helps me to see a new religion. I ain't trying to be I'm not looking for no Christians I'm, I'm looking for some disciples who have sat at the Lord's feet and heard the Lord declare that you can't have that old religion that allows you to only love some and send them to hell but love others who can do something for you that's the political kernel at the heart of all of this controversy that there are some folk who believe that unless you believe like they believe and think like they think you are not just mistaken but you are also the enemy that's why they can't get nothing done in Washington because they have dethroned Jesus and put an orange Jesus on the throne that's why they can't get nothing done in the Senate because party is more important than God's power but I'm here to tell you I need that God. I need the God who sets high and looks low. I need a new religion. I, because this thing ends with a promise of restoration and acceptance when you turn back to God. Uh, John said new, Isaiah said new Jerusalem is going to be full of joy. John said I see the holy city. New Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven. Both Isaiah and John point to a renewed sense of worship as the primary key in pleasing and turning back to God. Family, can I tell y'all something? We got to get more serious in 2024. We got to get more serious about worship. We got to come into worship determined to give God everything that we have to lift our voices to lift our hands to reach out to the community because worship that's divorced from community ain't nothing but a lot of noise the Lord ain't interested in your hallelujahs if you can't also see your hand reaching for somebody in need the Lord ain't interested in how high you shout the Lord is interested in how high you live yeah We've got to get us a new religion, a religion that will help us to walk right and be shown enough righteous because we're right with God and we work every day to be right with people. I'm here to tell you that a new religion will improve your year. I saw, John said, I saw a new reality that if any person be in Christ, they are a new creature. 
old things are passed away and everything has become brand new. John said, I need you to see a new reality. I'm about to do some amazing things in your life. I'm going to blow your mind, God says. I'm going to show you stuff you never even dreamed of in 2024. And he said, but you got to get a new reality. You got to dig deep, y'all. You got to press in. You got to wear a wig. You got to wear a groove in your prayer chamber. Like John wore a groove in his. You got to spend enough time with God that you can sing like the ancestors did. I just had a little talk with Jesus. I told him about my trouble. Here's what I found out, y'all. He will hear your faintest cry and he'll answer by and by. That's what's in the new religion. You got to get you a new reality and you got to hear a new message. He said in verse 3, I heard a loud voice speaking from the throne. Look, don't miss that. That was a shout cue. If you missed that, that means you didn't read Revelation closely enough. Because when, when the voice comes from the throne, chapter 19 says that there was a great throne. It was a white throne. And, and some folk get happy when they hear about stuff coming from the throne. Well, I hope they're getting happy for the right reason. Because in chapter 19, the throne was a throne of judgment. It was a throne of judgment. That was the place where in Isaiah 65, uh, the, the, that was the place in John uh, where, 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 where the judgment of God came to those who were shucking and jiving. When it came to reality and when it came to the, to the worship of God, to religion, their faith. Uh, there are a lot of folk, the Pew Research Study tells us, that have given up on religion. They have subscribed, they think, to faith. Here's the problem. God never intended for religion or for faith to be practiced in isolation. There are no lone rangers in the life of faith. You might think that your religion is personal to you, but when the Lord comes back, he ain't coming back just for you. And when God blesses, he don't just bless you. Aren't you glad about it? If only one God ever blessed was me, all y'all in trouble because I'm in his face every day, all day. Anyway, you bless me, Lord. I'll be sad. You are that way too. Then there must be something to this corporate condition to which God calls us. God does not care anything about your faith until God turns you first outward to the neighbor. Here it is. This is a shout cue here in, in, this fourth, in this third verse. I heard a loud voice coming from the throne, but this time not like Isaiah 65 and, and especially the 18th verse. This time it ain't judgment coming from the throne. Here in Revelation, John Here's some blessing coming from the throne. Can I just, can I just leave y'all with this right here? John heard a voice speaking from the throne, and we know that the one sitting on the throne was the only judge for humanity. Only Jesus is equipped to judge us. But the word that comes from the throne is this. Now God's home is with 
people. He will live with them. Listen to that word, live. I wish I could give it to you in, in Greek. In, in, in the Greek, it says he will tent with them. He will tabernacle with them. That is to say, just like he did back in the days of Israel, he will set up a tabernacle right in the middle of you, and he will be there with you every day. Ain't Jane had it right. He walks with me. He talks with me. She knew that you could draw him closer because he was already close. John, the other John writing says this. He says, in the beginning was the word, and the word, this is the prologue of John chapter 1, was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Everything that was made was made by him, and without him won't nothing made that got made. And a little bit further on, he says, and that word, that logos, that wisdom and power of God dwelt, that, that wisdom came to dwell within us. That word became flesh and dwelt among us. And that's how we could all behold his glory, the glory of the only wise son of the father, full of grace and truth. God will be with us. That's, that's really the watchword for 2024. Y'all ain't even got to come to watch night if you just want that word because that's what I'm about to tell you. God is with us and God will be with us. This was an important message to folk who were suffering. God himself and will be their God. He will wipe away all tears from their eyes. Did he say he going to stop them from crying? No. It's still going to be some crying times but John is heralding here a moment where God will obliterate even the stuff that made you cry. He will, he will be, there will be no more death. There will be no more grief. There will be no more crying or pain. The old things have disappeared. The Greek suggests the old things will be gone and forgotten. That, that is what I leave you with. Y'all take that on into 2024. If you don't make it to the vigil tonight online, y'all, y'all just take that with you. The good news is God is going to be with us. I don't know what you've got to face on tomorrow, but I do know this, Brother Gary. God is going to be with you. I, I don't know what's going to happen, what obstacle is going to get in your way, but I do know this. The book says God will be with you. Listen, I don't care what you do to me. I don't care what you say to me. I don't care how you dog my tracks, but I'll be all right and I ain't going to run from you. I'm just going to walk placidly because the book says God will be with me. I'm liable to turn around and ask the one that's on my tracks, don't you want to join us? Because the Lord is with me. He's walking with me. He's telling me stuff about you that you probably didn't know about yourself. And then I'm going to turn my head back, hold my head up, and hum thank you Lord while I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death yeah I'm here to tell y'all no matter what may come your way in 2024 just throw your head back lift your hands up when you get there and tell God thank you for being with me because if the Lord is with me, I shall not want. 
The psalmist said, he make you lie down in green pastures. He will lead you beside still waters. He'll restore your soul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear, because you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Say yeah. Anybody in this house? Is there anybody in here glad that the Lord is going to be with you? I mean, I'm glad that he's with you right now. But I wish I had me just three folk in here who would tell God, thank you, Lord, a proleptic praise. I'm thanking you now because you're going to be with me then. I'm thanking you then because you were with me back then. I'm thanking you now because you were with me back then. I didn't even realize it. But that time when it looked like the wicked, even my enemies and my foes came upon me to eat up my flesh. They stumbled and they fell. Have I got a witness here? Is there anybody in this house who can testify that the Lord was with you through every danger toil and snare through every mountain he brought you over through every valley he brought you through I wish I had me some folk who would tell him thank you for being with me I don't know what I gotta face tomorrow but I know you gonna be there I don't know how I'm gonna make it out but I know you're there I don't know what the door will be but I know you got the key yeah yeah Yeah. Listen, listen, listen. I, I just need me some worshipers right now. Just, just in your way, in your way, whatever your way is, just worship him now. Just thank him. Start thanking him. Start thanking him. Life and death is in the power of the tongue, y'all. You can concretize it right here, right now. You can manifest it right here, right now. You can start thanking God for some stuff you don't even know is coming. Start thanking him now for some battles that you haven't won yet. The book says he's already there in your future fighting him. You can start thanking him now. Just worship him because he's worthy of our praise. There is nobody like our God. There's no God, the song said, like Jehovah. Nobody can love you like him when you're all by yourself and you feel like you got no help. There's no God like Jehovah. 
Just worship him now. Just in your own way. You can, you can pat your foot. You can wave your hand. Open your mouth. Give him glory. Give him praise. Just tell him thank you for all that you've been through and how he brought you over for this. Give him praise. Give him praise. Give him praise right now. Just tell him how wonderful he is. Worship means figuring out what God is worth and then giving it to him. He deserves it. Don't you believe you give a, get a hamburger at McDonald's and you tell Tell the little boy, thank you. You ought to tell God, thank you. With everything that's in you, thank him now. For this, you ought to give him praise. Somebody may be here today who's in need. Who's in need. Going through. Here at the end of this old year, you're wondering how you're going to make it in the new one. I'll tell you how you're going to make it with a new religion and a new reality. Listen for a new message. Not the defeatist message that you can't do, you can't do, but a, but a message that tells you with him, with you, you can do anything. You can do anything. You willing to believe that? Just on faith. Just Faith is the substance, y'all, of things you're still hoping for. Come on, come on. I just need somebody in this room to confess that truth right now. There is a truth beyond what you see. It's kingdom space. You can't see it unless you're willing to press in. Press in. And you'll be able to do like we're going to do. Give God praise. Listen. If you've never been baptized and you don't have Jesus in your life, I'm not talking about in your brain. I'm talking about in your life. You know who he is and you heard what he did, but now I'm talking about in your soul where he's in charge of your every footstep. You ain't willing to make any major decision without him. You're willing to be forgiven and to forgive yourself because he died for you. His blood covers you. If you don't have that right now in your life because you've never claimed him, in front of people and invited him to take hold and charge of your life. You're in this room. You can do it right now. Those of you, thousands of you looking at us over the airwaves, over, over the internet, if, you, if you're watching us in, in Burundi or Zambia, wherever you're watching from, California, Indonesia, wherever you're watching, where we have people watching, you, you just put in the chat line. Field me, a hashtag. Field me, CLT. If you can't put that in there, just say, I need Jesus. In your own language, we'll understand. We'll translate. Wherever you are in this world, own him now. Everybody in this room, you're on notice right now that the invitation is going out to you. Join him. I know we're in a, in a, in a season where people are not joiners. Join him. Institutions have failed so many of us. Join Jesus. We'll introduce you to him personally. Romans 10 and 9 says, If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Your life will change today. Starting today. If you're here in this room, when we start singing, all I want you to do is just step out of where you're sitting. Make your way down. 
Make your way down. Just come down the aisle, wherever you are. Reverend Stinson is going to stand, and she's going to be on the lookout for you. If you can't make it all the way, stand right there in the center, Reverend, where they can see you. Yes, yes, yes. Everybody can see you. Everybody stand further over, Reverend, where they can see you. Over in the center, in the center, about three feet over to the right. There you go, right there. Thank you. Everybody can see you where you are now. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. See, wherever you are, just step out of your seat and make your way to her. If she sees that you can't make it all the way because you don't really know folk like that, she'll come get you. Just make the decision today for Jesus Christ. And then we offer you the opportunity to be a part of a church where love is being put into action in the community, in the world. You just come. Come on. For every mountain you brought me over. For every trial you see me through. For every blessing. Hallelujah. For this. For this, I give you praise. decision in the chat line, a digital pastor is going to reach out to you immediately. He's watching for you already. It's not too late. You don't have to be here in Charlotte, by the way, to be a member of the field. We're about to ordain some digital deacons living in other cities and states. You just come. Let God have his way in you. Not too late. When the service ends, keep on reaching out. We'll make sure to bring you into God's family. Now unto him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and ever, and all of God's people with a new reality and a new religion and hearing a new message said, Amen.
See you and watch Night Vigil, 11.30 tonight on our Facebook Live. Thank you for listening to the Harvest Podcast. We pray that the message uplifted, encouraged, and challenged you as you continue to walk with God. If you're looking for a church home, the field is not confined by the four walls of the church. If you wish to become a partner in ministry, but more importantly, a member of this global family, simply click the link.